Welcome in the Monday edition of Corbett's Corner. A ton to get to. We got to start with the Vikings. After uh, college football week three in the books, NFL week two in the books, uh, NFL storylines always kind of swallow the weekend. So we'll start there and then dive into some college football. Uh, this was so damn on brand for the Minnesota Vikings. The group chat was on fire last night as we're laughing at the collectively at the Vikings misery. Great game. I mean, not if you're a Vikings fan, but holy crap. I'm talking a surefire win. I'm talking about a surefire as the Chiefs last night before Edwards Alaire, the sophomore, put it on the turf. Um, a chip shot. I mean, a chip shot from a kicker nobody's effing heard of, but of course it's the Vikings who have the worst luck at kicker, worst luck in general, but especially a kicker. Uh, a chip shot, and he misses it. I mean, at the time I'm celebrating, I'm ecstatic because I think it saves my uh, parlay. It ended up doing so. But just total Vikings loss. They still cover. So I hit them both ways. They had the Cardinals money line, the Vikings to cover one point loss. I mean, we're discussing like, hey, what if they got a safety and all of a sudden they lose by three in OT, uh, et cetera. What, what if they miss an extra point? They lose by one. And then, of course, the kicker misses the field goal. And it's just the most comedic, comedically perfect Vikings loss always with this team it's crazy and it's got to stop because Kirk Cousins the slander is there yes he he's just not done it in the big game he's prime time Kirk but look at it look at the stats from this past week and the stats so far in the two games that the Vikings have start, started 0-2 it's big, simply on Mike Zimmer right now uh Kirk Cousins glasses on I got some stats here for you tons tons of stats this week here 72%, 595 yards, five touchdowns, no picks against two solid defenses, right? The Cardinals, uh, that team made Tennessee look as asinine uh, in week one. I know the NFL is weird. So many things that happen one week are just bound to happen the opposite way the next. But then the Bengals also looking strong as a defense. That's not a bad defense. Kirk Cousins in his four-year Viking career, 12,000 yards, just about 96 touchdowns, 29 picks. That's pretty good. Uh, it hasn't led to anything, right? But that's, I mean, it's got to stop with, it's Kirk Cousins. It's like Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer's been good one year, bad the next. No real growth during his time. The, this was supposed to be the year, uh, if he's according that pattern, that they were supposed to be good again. They're about to go 0-4. I said this last week. They probably should have been 1-1, one one, but the kicking woes continue, and the bad luck continues to suffer for Vikings fans. They're 0-2. Zimmer's got to be on the hot him or Joe judge for sure. The hot seat for the first ones going uh, this year before this year uh, is over. Maybe, at, you know, the black Monday right before the playoffs. I don't know, but unless Zimmer turns things around with that defense, it is going to be tough. Uh, tough day for Paul Allen, who it's a hilarious call. I've retweeted it on Twitter where he is. He's a total homer. He's a great broadcaster. He's been sports talk radio host for decades. He's the horse track announcer guy. And he's the Vikings guy. He's got the Minneapolis miracle call where he's like falling out of his chair in celebration. Go listen to it because it sounds like, first of all, he says the kick is good. And I want you to imagine if you're listening to this in your car as a Viking fan, how ecstatic you are for the split second where he is celebrating, saying that the kick is good because he wasn't looking at the refs. He was looking at the side of the field goal from the press box, trying to see if that was in. And he was probably holding a money line ticket for the Vikings, probably pretty stiff. If you know PA, pretty stiff money line ticket. And his heart just gets ripped out as he has a pretty blunderingly embarrassing call. That ends up going viral. Props to him, though he wore it, said it was his bad. Um, and then Gus Johnson, who was on the call with Aqib Tlaib, he's basically, he makes any game exciting. And it was an exciting game, so it just added to it. 
and he's losing his voice uh, calling the game as the kick is missed. He couldn't believe it. Uh, Gus Johnson, an absolute gem. I encourage you to listen to both those sounds. They are uh, hysterical. Falcons are so bad. I mean, I haven't even been paying attention to them this year because it's hard. It's too painful. They stink. Matt Ryan doesn't look good. I, I can't even defend him. I know the offensive line is terrible, and he has played the Buccaneers defense, which is just forcing two pick sixes. I mean, that's the defense that has won a championship, right? And they're looking pretty strong to repeat. Um, and then also, I mean, the Eagles look pretty good. They limited the 49ers, who uh, had a ton of offense in week one and then just had 17 against the Eagles on the road. Um, I mean, look, what, what, are, what are we doing here? They're 0-2. I, I, I'm glad that they went with Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan that they picked Kyle Pitts, but it, Jesus Christ, I'm starting to, I'm a Matt Ryan guy more than I'm a Falcons guy. And I'm starting to say, Hey Falcons, you probably should have taken Justin Fields. If you want a quarterback of the future, because Matt Ryan's starting to look his age. And I think it's because here's the difference. Tom Brady has aged gracefully because he's finally in Tampa Bay and they just, the, the NFC South is the new AFC East, right? Because the Falcons are terrible. I guess Carolina looks fine. You don't know what you're going to get with the Saints, but the Bucs look dominant. And when you put all these weapons on offense and defense around Brady, he's not going to look 44. He's got nine touchdowns, and he's he's saying that he's playing until he's going to be 50 now, which is completely insane. Um, but Matt Ryan, when you have a weak offensive line, young receivers, you're going to start looking like you're 37 a lot quicker. Phillip Rivers. Same thing happened to him. Drew Brees near the end, uh, his shoulder gave out. And meanwhile, Brady, the fountain of youth, is still uh, ready to win a, what, a seventh and eighth Super Bowl? Who knows at this point? Um, why Why do I think the Falcons are going to win at the Giants this week? This is the one time I'm sorry. I mean, the Giants are terrible. Joe Judge seems like a buffoon to me. Daniel Jones seems like the wrong pick at quarterback so many years ago. It seems like that when everyone's laughing at the Giants when they went, Daniel Jones is finally coming to fruition um so don't uh, maybe the falcons steal one here as an underdog on the road in the meadowlands uh but you need to be better matt matty ice uh if they're gonna win that game which uh, you know i i'm already feeling stupid for saying even considering this but he's gonna have to have a good game in order for that to uh be an actual upset and not just me stupidly being a homer uh you know the the two pick sixes i, I couldn't believe it when it was 28 to 25 that, i was kind of like wait a second falcons making this a game and of course they don't even cover a 12 and a half spread. Uh, just insane. I think the Raiders appear to be legit. Now they like to do this thing under John Gruden where they uh, have some great games. They start hot and they eventually finish uh, missing the playoffs. Super cold, but two solid wins now. Look at that win over the Ravens, how that looks in hindsight now after uh, what they did to the Chiefs, how they were able to finish that game off. And the Steelers, I mean, that's a solid win as well. So Las Vegas, can they keep it up 2-0? and Waller's a top threat. Ruggs in year number two appears to be one of the fastest guys in the league. I mean, there's Tyree Kill, but Ruggs appears to be that next up-and-coming guy who could take the top off of defense. Derek Carr's got the arm to give it to him. Let's see if they can keep it going. John Gruden, Derek Carr, and company could be an interesting team, but that's a damn, that's a damn stacked division now. Bridgewater has the Bron- – he wins everywhere he goes. He's got the Broncos uh, undefeated so far. Of course, you got Mahomes, and you got Herbert uh, and a good team in the Chargers. So let's get to that Ravens-Chiefs game. It was everything we could have asked for. The overcashed easily, back and forth. At one point, the Chiefs are usually the team that makes an 11-point lead look small, and it was the Ravens who came back. And what a gutsy – it was the right call. What a gutsy call. They did this a couple years ago in Lamar Jackson's MVP season where they ran the same kind of single wing 
one yard to go, fourth and one, doesn't matter if it's in our own territory. We're winning this game. It's win or lose right here. If you don't get it, Mahomes wins it. If you do get it, boom, you win. You give it to your best player, Lamar Jackson, and he's got the uh, first down game over. Uh, I put. I was thinking that the Chiefs are going to win that live. They're driving. I place a bet on the Chiefs uh, three plays before Clyde Edwards Hilaire puts the ball on the ground uh, and my soul left my body. Uh, still not worried about the Chiefs. They should have won that game, except for football. Kind of like the Vikings, they probably should have won that team. I, I, I think the Vikings are the, still like the highest rated winless team right now, according to Football Power Index on ESPN. Not worried about the Chiefs. I think, still think they're the best team in the AFC. Tyreek Hill didn't do anything. Travis Kelsey was still a monster, even though he was on Peyton's broadcast, uh, saying basically not knowing who the hell he was playing that week. Oh, yeah, it was the Ravens. Uh, Jackson Mahomes pouring water on the Ravens fans. Just, just an overall bad look for the Chiefs, but I'm not worried. Mahomes was still Mahomes. Uh, that team, again, should be 2-0, but they're 1-1. and they're, They'll be fine. They'll represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Niners-Eagles. How about Zach Kelly's 2-0 49ers? What did we learn here? I mean, it was just a gritty defensive battle. The Niners don't even have a – they're running out of people to put in the running back position. They're about to go get the concession stand worker to run Kyle Shanahan's offense back there behind Jimmy G. Um, Bears take care of business at home. Uh, Joe Burrow looked rough. Uh, he looked like a sophomore quarterback, but that's a Bears defense that bounced back pretty strong here in week two. They were at home, their home opener. Fields looked like a rookie. A lot of the rookies did. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones uh, didn't really sizzle and an easy win over the Jets. It was really Zach Wilson giving that game away. Um, I wouldn't push the panic button on Fields because the Bengals got a good defense too. And, and Dalton getting injured. It wasn't like Fields was prepping to, you know, make that home debut. Uh, so again, nerves play a factor. He he gets, the you know, the win is secured. He nearly gave it away there near the end. And hopefully he'll learn from that. And I'm sure he will because he is just a rookie thrown into uh, the Andy Dalton situation. They're still naming Dalton the starter. If he is healthy, we'll see. Okay, uh, let's talk college football. Uh, Boston College dominates Temple 28-3, even with Dennis Grissel, our backup quarterback, going. I, I thought this was wrong. I couldn't believe this. He, we won 28-3 with Grossell going 5 of 13 for 34 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Um, the touchdown was 18 yards. I was doing hockey, so I could kind of do, I watched like the touchdown live and it was just falling along. And I'm like, okay, this is in the bag, whatever. Now I'm looking at the stats. I'm going, what the hell? That touchdown in the first quarter was half his yards. He went five for 13. That's not going to get it done against Mizzou. But I also don't doubt that game in control at Temple, kind of a sleepy crowd. Don't put anything on tape. Save that for the Mizzou game. This is, this is like the biggest game of the year so far, obviously. Parents weekend, Alumni Stadium, Vegas absolutely disrespecting the Boston College Eagles by making them a dog. Boston College is the better team, um, even with Dennis Grossell. Mizzou is probably one of the worst defenses in the country. SEMO just almost rushed for 400 yards and four tutties against him on Mizzou's homecoming. I'm not actually sure it was their homecoming, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, yeah, so I, I, I get his Grossell. He needs to be a game manager because what we're going to do is we're going to attack the same way. And Jeff Halfley kind of said this at the end of the game in the press conference was this is kind of the way we're going to have to win games behind Grossell with that Djokovic's out for the season with the injury. Mizzou's 0-3 against the number against teams like Central Michigan, Kentucky, and now SEMO. Kentucky nearly lost at home against Chattanooga. So how good was that Kentucky loss for Mizzou? 
Um, yeah, the 300, excuse me, I said 400, it was 300 yards still, four touchdowns uh, for Mizzou's rush defense. So what we're going to have to do for BC is have, uh, I nearly said Steve Levy, Travis Levy, Patrick Garwo, Alex Singfield, former West Virginia running back, just run it. Grossell be a game manager. Don't throw an interception. Don't make mistakes because Grossell's interception against Temple was bad. He underthrew a ball. It fluttered up there. looked weak. looked like a weak arm. Uh, so we can't have that against Mizzou because they've actually got a decent quarterback. Is it Bazelak, Bazelak, whatever? This guy can actually play a little, albeit against three poor opponents. But you got to keep him at bay. I'm predicting a Boston College win, and I think they get it done by 14 in front of a raucous crowd at Alumni Stadium. Look at this, page number three here. That's some ASMR. Uh, let's talk Clemson. How did they look that bad against a team that lost in Northern Illinois? Georgia Tech comes into Death Valley, and they nearly tie it in the last second. Um, how? How? They, they looked pretty meek against South Carolina State the week before. They put up just three points against Georgia. Obviously, Georgia, the top two team in the country. BC took it to them with DJ, their quarterback, last year when he took over for Trevor Lawrence uh, when he had COVID at Death Valley. So close to pulling it off. Arguably could have pulled it off. Um, so you got to be feeling pretty confident going in there. Not confident that, hey, we're going to go in and bust these guys up, but at least feeling pretty good that you gave a better team last year all they could handle at Death Valley. You're coming back this year, and they look a little battered down. Clemson's got NC State this week, and they're only 10-point favorites. Something's up this year. What it, Vegas is telling us that maybe Clemson isn't as good as we think. Um, so NC State... They, they also lost to Mississippi State, who just lost to Memphis, and nearly lost to Louisiana Tech earlier. So, you know, how good is NC State? Is that minus 10 a trap? That's going to be interesting. So what I'm worried about as we analyze the BC schedule, still sticking with my 11-1 prediction, we become Clemson week, we might have to up that to 12-0. We'll see. Um, so I don't want this to be a look-ahead spot for BC. Don't look ahead, Mizzou. Don't get thinking about Clemson on the road as you see them slip down the standings thinking they're beatable. Don't look ahead. So I think the Vegas line is ridiculous. I think Jeff Halfley is a great coach. You'll have the boys ready to go. And I think it's going to be a great game. BC by two touchdowns. Uh, then we're going to go and beat NC State at home after Clemson. We'll see how that goes. Let's just give them a dub for uh, for podcast sake. You go to Louisville. I'm a little bit more worried about Louisville. It's on the road. They just took out UCF uh, in one of these weekday games. Then you go to Syracuse. You win there. That's easy. I've got to win at home against Virginia Tech under the lights on Friday. Virginia Tech. Uh, they just lost to West Virginia on the road, West Virginia, you know, it's a solid program, but they lost to Maryland in the opener, Maryland's three, and zero. I don't know. You could talk me into these, but I'm the Homer play win versus Virginia tech at home under the lights win at Georgia tech. I'm not buying the yellow jackets. I still don't think they're good. I think Clemson's bad or not bad, but a little, much worse than they've been in the decade of dynasty since, uh, Win at home versus Florida State. What a joke under five and a half was for Florida State's win total. Told you to hammer it. Uh, I don't think, I think they're going to get two wins maybe as they lose to Wake Forest. Uh, here's the two wins I've got for them. UMass and Syracuse in an interesting spot this week. They might clip Louisville at home, a letdown spot for the Cardinals after they just beat UCF. Um, and then Boston College will beat Wake Forest at home. They're 3-0. They haven't played anyone. Uh, inc that includes Florida State. 12-0, 12-0. Are we there? Maybe play UNC or Vod Tech in the ACC title game. Oh, my God. I would so be there. Let's talk Gophers. Pretty damn good win at Colorado. I think they could rattle off six straight wins. Row the boat. I mean, the schedule sets up. If they keep playing like this, 
Uh, and again, who knows about the Colorado defense they, or offense, rather. They gave Texas A&M without their quarterback a scare. We'll find a lot more about Texas A&M this week in Dallas in a neutral site game against Arkansas, who looks damn good this year. I love Arkansas in that game. So I, I still, you know, this would be great if they could play to the scheduling advantage. You were at, or excuse me, home versus Bowling Green this week. Dub. All right, come on. I know you let Miami, Ohio hang with you, but home versus Bowling Green, you should route them. At Purdue, that's a winnable game. That's a winnable game for Minnesota. Uh, home versus, uh, excuse me, home versus Maryland. At Northwestern, home versus Illinois. Those are all winnable. Then you're going at Iowa, and we'll see what you're really made of. Uh, football power index for ESPN has both BC and Minnesota going seven, five. Interesting. Um, so they, it, FBI has Minnesota losing at Purdue for what it's worth. And then dropping the last three games at, of the season at Iowa at Indiana and home versus Wisconsin. So if you want to make something of your season, this six game stretch is for you gophers uh, for BC. They have losses to Clemson. Yep, understandable. NC State, I don't understand the hype around NC State. Louisville, okay, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. Vatek's a rivalry game. That's always crazy. And Georgia Tech, I can't get you there. Uh, but they have us beating Mizzou, which contradicts Vegas. So that's interesting. I'll go with FPI there, and I'll go with my homer prediction. Let's talk about Nebraska. they turning a corner. How about that? I love hammering Scott Frost, but I can't deny what they've done against Oklahoma. Okay, let me try. Uh, big win over Buffalo. All right. No, I, again, I got to applaud them. They just played Car Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleer is pretty tough. And now they hang with Oklahoma. But Oklahoma, they let Tul uh, Tulane hang with them. Tulane just gets absolute. They nearly gave up 100 points to Ole Miss. How good is Tulane? How good is Oklahoma? How good are the Huskers? No, you've impressed me so far. Let's see what you do if you can keep it going at Michigan State this weekend. That'll tell us a lot. Michigan State favored by five after they crushed Miami down south. I put this out on my stock watch. They are who we thought we are. Manny Diaz, the U, 0-3 against the number. Manny Diaz, not a good coach. Miami fan base is turning on them. They have been for some time. I'm interested to see how they finish out the season. And lastly, so is Michigan better than Ohio State this year? Starting out 3-0, Ohio State didn't look great against a pretty average Tulsa team. Uh, Want to see how they do against Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, that is, at Michigan State, at Penn State, home versus Ohio State in the rivalry, rivalry game to end the season. Still a lot of season, but, hey, Jim Harbaugh, good way to start, 3-0, and and you dominate all the three opponents. And who knows how that win over Washington early in the season will look come year's end. Washington always kind of figures it out midseason. Um, so let's see, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. You've got my, got my attention. We'll see how you can handle the rest of the season. Maybe he surprises people. I mean, look, I think the – Title chances wide open this year. Clemson, Ohio State look down after their quarterbacks leave for the NFL. Alabama looks like Alabama. Georgia's probably going to meet them there, or they'll face each other in the SEC title. Who's is it? Oregon? I mean, Pac-12. Who? I think there's a wide open scenario for the national title this year. And who knows? Maybe it'll be Clemson again. They'll sneak in Ohio State. Who knows? Probably be the same old Joes, and we'll end up watching the same college football final that we've come to know every single year since its inception. Um, let's get to baseball, the final two weeks of the season. I cannot believe the Cardinals swept both the Mets and the Padres. Unbelievable. The cardiac cards, they're back. I've been slamming them all year and leave it to them to play 500 baseball and then just click, turn it on and grab my heart again, right when it matters. Um, I love Tyler O'Neill. This guy's got swag. He's jacked. He's an elite defender. He's got an arm. He's got speed. He hits nukes. 
He comes up clutch. I didn't initially like that trade. We gave up prize pitching prospect at the time, Marco Gonzalez, uh, for Tyler O'Neill. It took him a year or two to kind of really start to show his potential, but now it looks awesome. Uh, he's electrifying. Four games against the division-leading Milwaukee Brewers, division pretty much locked up. And then four against the Cubs, who stink, but they're still going to want to knock us out of the playoffs, right? Rivalry. Um, you've got a window now of a good core. O'Neal. Nolan Arenado, Goldie, Flaherty, if he could stay healthy, paired with Wayno and Yachty in kind of the final years of their career. This screams 2006. This screams 2011 uh, when we went in 11 and 11. That team just honored this past week. Can we make it 12 and 21? Who are we going to face in the wild card? The Dodgers or the Giants as they fight for the West Division. It's going to be a road game. Either way, we're heading out West. Um, yeah, the last, the notes I had here, Sosa and Carlson, also up-and-coming prospects. I mean, the mix of veterans and young guys and just the Cardinals finding a way, Mike Schilt finding a way. We'll see what they could do in the postseason uh, because I think they're going to make it. They're now three games up in the wild card. Bader and DeYoung are fine. DeYoung's kind of losing his job to Sosa a little bit. Bader's a great defensive and speedy guy, but he doesn't really hit for OPS. He's got a home run here or there. He's got speed. He reminds me a little bit more of Randall Gritchick. I mean, serviceable player, he's starter, but he's not hes not wowing me. Uh, and DeYoung, God, he was runner-up to Bellinger in Rookie of the Year when he started a couple of years ago. We give him this contract, and now he looks like a Ledmus Diaz. Better defender and more power than Diaz, but he can't hit for average anymore. The Illinois State product, uh, tough to see. Hopefully he can break out of it and give us some good uh, at-bats here as the final two weeks of the postseason, or uh, race to the postseason, are upon us. Dodgers or Giants, I, I would obviously want to rather face the Giants, but the Giants have had our number in the postseason uh, this past decade, and then the Dodgers, we've kind of had their number, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, come on, let's let's beat the Brewers first. Let's get there. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's pretty awesome to see what the Cardinals have done, winners of eight straight back-to-back sweeps against playoff-hungry teams, and we might have just ended their seasons. What happened to the Padres? 16 and 26 since the trade deadline could have had Scherzer. Why didn't the Cardinals? I mean, Lester and half have been better than I thought they would be, but why didn't we go for the hometown kid? He went to Parkway West central. One of those, he's a St. Louis guy. Uh, instead he goes to the Dodgers, the rich get richer. So the Padres get swept by the Cardinals in St. Louis Tatis getting yelled at by his bench coach and Machado. It went viral. Uh, apparently Machado saying it's not all about, it's not about fucking you. It's not about you. It's about the team. Tatis, what's going on? He's a young phenom, but is he too? Is he making it about him? Is that why they're hurting the Padres? I mean, they went for it, right? These guys are two $300 million players now. They trade the farm for Blake Snell. They trade the farm for all these good arms. And now you're about to miss the playoffs potentially because of this slide. And I think Tatis is going to cost himself the MVP. It looked like he was a lock. I personally like Harper for NL MVP. Just going, you know, he goes to, takes the money. Yes, leaves Washington goes to Philly, they miss the playoffs, and then he watches Washington win without him. That's tough. You know, he ate it, bit his tongue, just went out, did his job, didn't have the greatest start in Philly, but look what he's doing this year. Uh, Second best year of his long career now. What he did in 2015 was straight up nuts. 9.9 war, 42 bombs. He hit 330. His OPS was 1,100. This year, 313, 1050 OPS, 33 bombs. I, I... 
give them the edge. Maybe Philadelphia, Philadelphia is looking a bit better than the Ponders, but both are right now on the outside looking in. I don't know. I just think Harper has been a bit more humble since he's gone to Philly and uh, I'm rooting for the guy. AL MVP. You got to go with Shohei. what he's doing uh, tough. It, it's tough that the angels find a way to not to win again, even with a superstar, no trout or Rendon due to injury certainly helped, uh, you know, that scenario it was brutal. But you got to appreciate what Vladdy Jr. is doing. This kid's incredible what he's doing. He's leading the league in bombs, leading the league in average. He don't think he's going to get the triple crown because a lot of good run producers in the AL, Abreu, Salvador Perez. Um, but Otani pitches, and he hits 44 home runs. And we haven't seen anything like this since before we were born, since black and white pictures and videos existed, and people were pitching slow-pitch softball to Babe Ruth, and he was one that was pitching as well. Uh, except Otani throws a hundred, has a slider, a splitter and hits 44 bombs. And he's a young 20 year old, you know, he's in his young twenties. Uh, you got to give it to him. Shohei and Harper, my picks for the respective MVPs. Hope you enjoyed Corbett's corner. A lot to get to this week. Hope we got a lot of content pumping out for you guys uh, here on the Corbett sports entertainment podcast network. Uh, enjoy Packers lions tonight. I think the Lions might steal one. Rodgers, come on, bro. You got to get it together, former MVP. That'll do it. Take care.